This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the game plan, which essentially is a preview of the weekend ahead in Sooner Athletics. But for the most part, today's episode is a very special look back at a pretty impressive senior day for several standout Sooner athletes, including one Jordan Evans. You'll hear from Jordan. You'll hear from Joe Mixon. You'll hear from Ahmad Thomas and many others from the Sooner Pro Day, plus some perspective from the great Teddy Lehman, all coming up on this edition of the Game Plan on the Sooner Sports Podcast. As always, though, we start every podcast with a thank you for downloading. We appreciate you taking the time to not only download, but hopefully also subscribe. Remember, the best way to be a part of the Sooner Sports Podcast is by searching Sooner Radio Network on iTunes, or if you just want our main shows, the game plan, and of course the tailgate, you can log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. So where do we start today? Well, we obviously start with what was an impressive day for the University of Oklahoma and its student-athletes who were going through the process of what I think many of us call and what many of us feel like is the ultimate job interview. It was pro day on the campus of the University of Oklahoma. All 32 NFL teams were represented at pro day, and it was a big day for Jordan Evans. Overall, how happy are you with today? Oh, I'm extremely happy. So, um, you know, now it's just got to let God take control and just sit back and wait. You feel like you did what you needed to do to convince people that, hey, uh, I'm worth a look? Oh, most definitely. Um, obviously, I can say that. Hopefully, scouts say the same, but I definitely feel very confident today. You know, you're a guy that always talks about how you know you should be a running back, a, a returner, but uh, I don't think anybody of your teammates were surprised with what you did, the vertical, vertical jump or, or the 40. So, um, you know, I guess how much do you think um, – I guess, how confident were you going into it, even though maybe you surprised some of the scouts, but I'm sure you weren't surprised in yourself. No, I, I, um, I had all the confidence in the world because, um, like, I've been doing this for the past two months. I knew the numbers that I hit when I was out there, and I knew I was going to do it again, and that's what I did. Jordan, thanks. Thank you. Cool. Jordan Evans, minus the combine invite, making the most of his day. As did Joe Mixon. All eyes were on Joe. Of course, he was not invited to the combine. He took advantage of the opportunity on Wednesday. Obviously, a lot of people were anxious to see uh, what, what you could do out here today overall. Did you feel like you did what you needed to come out here and do? I mean, yeah, just be myself. Come out here, have a good time, cheer on my teammates, and have fun. That's all I came here to do. You feel like you uh, accomplished the numbers that you wanted to do? Um, pretty much, yeah. Could have did better, but I mean, got one shot, and that's pretty much what I did. Uh, what's this whole process been like for you? You know, training, just kind of working up towards this day. It's it's uh, a lot of going into uh, to you know performing here today, and then uh, again, kind of stealing yourself from here on out. Well, it's been a fun process, very long. I mean, still got a long way to go, but at the end of the day, it's been it's been fun, and I've been enjoying every single moment of it. And what was it like to get to come back here and, and uh, one more day be here inside Everest, and again uh, compete with your teammates? I mean, it meant a lot. Um, showed what I could do in front of my old teammates and. You know, coach of staff, Coach Schmitty, you know, basically 
we all showing what Schmitty gave us, and we pretty much put it together today. Last question. Um, you know, now that your, your career here at Oklahoma is done, how thankful are you that you were a Sooner? I'm very thankful. I mean, Coach Gundy, Coach Stoops, um, academic people and, you know, high ends like, you know, uh, President Bourne and Joe C. They gave me a second chance, and I was very grateful of it, and I was going to do whatever I could, you know, to be the best person and best teammate ever I could be. How about some more Sooners that didn't get the opportunity to go to the Combine? Ahmad Thomas put up big numbers in trying to make a splash to end up finding himself drafted in the NFL draft. All right, Ahmad Thomas, pro days in the books. A lot of time spent working up towards this day. How does it feel? Do you feel pretty happy with what you did out here today? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with what I did, especially coming out here competing with my brothers for the last time. And, you know, it's just all about putting up numbers and showing everybody what you can do. What's this process like? Because it's a lot of staying mentally focused, being locked in for, for two straight months, just preparing for this day, right? Uh, I mean, if your mind not prepared for it, it can be a little overwhelming because, you know, it's 8 o'clock every morning and it's every day up to Monday to Saturday just training, just training. And, I mean, if you're not ready for it, it's going to be overwhelming. But, I mean, if you go in ready for it with your mind and just wanting to compete and just do your best, then you should be good. Coach Kiss said you were with Jordan Evans, right? Uh, yeah. What was it like? How helpful was it to have somebody you're familiar with kind of going through this process with you? It was it was amazing because you know I was I actually signed first and then I told him that we should go together, and he was like, yeah, I mean of course because you know we've been together for four years and obviously we push each other to be better, so it was it was a good thing that we did go together. And what did you think about what Jordan did out here today? Obviously, he put up some some pretty impressive numbers, especially that uh, vertical jump. Yeah, I mean, I already knew because, you know, we was training together. So we already came out here. We knew what we was about to uh, what numbers we was about to put up. So it wasn't a surprise to me. <laughs> you know, when I was talking to Charles Tapper, one thing he said is that you kind of feel like, okay, you can breathe a little bit, but the, the process isn't over after this. So how do you, I guess, continue to impress people and, and put your name out there so that they'll take a chance on you following this day? I mean, in my eyes, I feel like our work is done, like just to show everybody what we can do. Now it's up to us to just keep training and stay in shape and everything else is in, in God's hands. Come on, thanks. Thank you. As did Jordan Wade, who put up huge numbers on the bench press for Bear. Here with Jordan Wade as Pro Day is in the books for him. First one uh, wrapping up. Uh, overall, how did you feel like you did today? Felt pretty good. You know, just getting back in here, going with all the guys. It just felt good to be around everybody and compete. Pretty happy with, with your performance today? It felt really happy. Yeah. Um, what is just the, the relief, the emotion like? Because I know there's a lot of build up to this day now that, it, now that it's in the books. Mm -hmm. Just feel good to finally just get over it. Worked up for these two, two months getting ready for all this, and it just feels good to be done with it. Kind of walk us through what your preparation process was for this day. The day was we get up really early in the morning, get some breakfast in, and get to the workout place and just work on all my drills. So uh, do you feel like all that hard work paid off today? I feel like, yes, all of it. Just, just a big relief. So have you been meeting with, with scouts and, and teams? What, what's kind of the feedback that you've heard? I just heard like everybody's just really impressed with everything, just hearing everybody just talk whenever I'm just walking around. Well, it's good stuff, and congratulations on a great pro day. Thank you. And finally, one of the guys who was at the Combine but chose not to work out was Dede Westbrook, and all he did was go out and put up a blazing number in the 40-yard dash. Okay, here with Dede Westbrook. Well, there was a, a lot of hype coming into this one because of your 40 time and, and what you were doing out here today. Overall, so far, how do you feel like you've, you've performed? 
Uh, I think I did pretty good. Uh, I think I lived up to the hype. Uh, not really sure yet. I'll find out a day or so after. So, so are you happy with your 40 time then, 4-3-4? Uh, no, I'm not happy. Uh, the reason being is uh, I've been working my tail off for the past few months, few months to get down in uh, the low 4-2s, and for me not to pull that off, that, that's not okay. What has the, the few last few months been like for you? Uh, it's been crazy. You know, it's been a grind, trusting the process and trying to be prepared. You know, uh, this is my first ride, first ride, first crack at it. So uh, pretty much um, trying to stay focused. And what's next for you after today? Uh, after today, I'm going to stay in Norman uh, for a few days. I got a sign in March the 11th here. And um, after that, I'm going to head back to Fort Worth, get some training in. You feel uh, like you, with the work you've done here at Oklahoma, then the work you've done the last few months, you're, you're ready for that next step, ready to, to take your professional career on? Uh, yes, I believe so. We'll see in a few months. Didi, thanks. I want to take thank a moment you. to thank Jessica Cootie for all of her hard work and getting these interviews, everyone over at Sooner Vision. It was a fun day. We ended up doing a live webcast throughout Sooner Pro Day. It was fun. It was interesting. It was educational. And, you know, we talk so much about the players. How about the staff and the job that Schmitty and Sam Coe did in, in, in putting this all together? It was phenomenal. Speaking of Sam Coe, I had a chance to catch up with Schmidt's assistant, the strength and conditioning program at the University of Oklahoma, and ask Sam overall just his thoughts on Pro Day and what it meant. Yeah, it was really great experience, to be honest with you. Uh, it's the second year that uh, Coach Schmidt and I have gone out there. I mean, he's been going out for, for many years, but uh, second year that I've uh, had the, the chance to go out there and see the guys when they're going through their workouts. For, it's, a, it's a really amazing experience. So, For, for you, when, when you make the trip to the Combine and, and you and Schmidt go – uh, is it kind of is is it fact gathering? Is it more just kind of being there for the guys like this year, Samaje? And I know Didi didn't do anything physically, but Charles Walker that go through it. What what is kind of that trip like for you guys? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of both fact finding for sure. I mean, we head out there and uh, get a great chance to network with other strength coaches and uh, scouts and coaches in the NFL. So for us, it's a it's a good time to go and uh, and see what else is going on in the world of uh, physical conditioning and and stuff that we can look to improve our program on, uh, and then also just to, to have a look at the athletes and see, you know, what time the guys are posting, how guys are actually performing at those events, and, and then come home and at least know that what we're doing with our program is physically uh, developing the guys so that when they get onto that stage, they're they're able to to show off their skill sets. How impressed were you with what Samaje did on the bench press? But you you knew this, yeah. right? You you knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, we, we sort of had a fair idea of what Samaje could do on bench press, having uh, having seen him in the weights room for the last three years. So uh, yeah, it was very very impressive. It looked like he might have been able to get a few more out there as well, but uh, just got out of form there a little bit at the end, I think. So yeah, it was very very impressive to see him do that. Help me understand pro day then because we're getting ready with complete coverage on it tomorrow sam what is in your opinion as you view it what do you view the goal of this pro day as opposed to what the guys went through the combine it's almost like a combine for oklahoma guys more than anything else mm-hmm. right yeah it definitely is it's a, it's a combine for a, for our oklahoma guys there's a few other guys who, who may have missed out on an invite or get their chance to perform and show off what talents they have and what uh physical attributes they've got, which is, is great for everybody who's been through our program to do. And, you know, I think it's also a little bit more more fact-finding for guys in the NFL who are looking at uh, potential athletes. So they get a, a more close-up experience with our guys personally, which is very, very beneficial for our guys. So, 
Take me through, uh, and, and I'll ask drill by drill. So for you, this is routine stuff. For a guy like myself, yep. I love learning about it. What is the goal whenever you have a guy, let's just say, for instance, everyone does the broad jump. What are yep. what are scouts, Sam, looking for whenever they see a, a linebacker or a running back do the broad jump? What what are they looking for here? Yeah, I mean, each of the, the physical drills themselves, so broad jumps, vertical jumps, uh, 40 times, those sort of tests themselves are pure athleticism tests. So it's, it is really having a look at what is this guy's uh, speed coming through their 10-yard, 20-yard splits, as well as their 40 splits on a 40 for their broad jump. How horizontally explosive is the athlete when they're able to just do one movement? And the same with a vertical jump. How, ver- how much vertical power can the athlete develop during one movement? Uh, again, so that, that really gives you a pretty decent understanding of what athletic attributes the athlete has coming out of college so those drills in themselves are are, they're fairly self-explanatory i think that's why they're very good to do because you can compare apples to apples on it so you can compare two guys having a look at what they weigh how fast they run and it gives you an overall picture of what that athlete's physical ability is and for the other side obviously is the drills when once they get done with that getting to work out one-on-one with the the NFL coaches and going through their position stuff. So, how, how do you determine what drills are used? Is it pretty much baseline for every uh, every single pro day and for what every single coach kind of wants to see guys go through? Or can you individualize them for, say, a certain guy? Let's just go to last year. Let's just say with Dominique Alexander going through things, someone says, hey, I want to see him mm-hmm. do this drill and we don't typically do it. Would you be able to facilitate that or is everything pretty much streamlined where it's the same? Pretty much streamlined. All of the physical tests are uh, – they're locked in. And I guess the best reason for that is, is for comparison over time. So you can go back and compare, you know, a different athlete to that and see how their athletic attributes sort of stack up in comparison. Some of the drills that they take the athletes through change a little bit, depending on what the coaches want to see. But again, most of the time they're pretty stock standard uh, drills that they take them through there. So they just, they're looking for different things each time they take them through a position drill. How do their hips move when they're running how quickly can they come out of their cuts when they're reacting to stimulus or, or somebody giving them a direction? Those sort of things are pretty self uh, the same throughout, but you know they do get tweaked a little bit when the coaches come through. So, How much can change on one day based on the preparation that's gone in? In other words, you like you said with Samaja, you guys pretty much knew what he was going to do on the bench press. Like we could probably lay out with guys like Charles and even Samaja on the 40-yard dash, you pretty mm-hmm. much know what they're going to do. On this one day, uh, pro day, or if it was looking back on the combine, Sam, how are, are you ever truly wowed? Does, does a number pop up and your jaw drops and you think, where did that come from? Or does do numbers usually much follow the trends of preparation and what guys did leading up to that day? Very much so. It very much follows their preparation. You know, sometimes you'll see uh, you'll see a guy who comes out and tests, and it's an unbelievable thing that you've never seen before. I mean, the, I think the uh, DN from Texas A and M is a prime example of that. I don't know if many people are expecting expecting those sort of numbers, but guys, once you've worked with a guy for a few years, you definitely have a pretty solid understanding of what their their capabilities are and what they're going to be able to produce. But in saying that. The preparation can definitely uh, can definitely take them to to another level. I mean, you've got a fair idea, but depending on how they go away and prepare and they come in on that day and perform, usually, you know, there's there's a little bit of uh, variation just depending on that. Where is the biggest? And and this is maybe a, an unfair question on short notice, Sam. But 
Where have you seen the biggest advancement when it comes to scouting these guys? Uh, I know, like you said, Schmitty's been going for a while. Uh, you're a young guy, so you're kind of on the cutting edge of everything as well, too. But just from a talent evaluation and maybe even from your perspective, a strength and mobility evaluation, where have you seen the biggest advancement in preparation and training over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think a lot of the, the visual technology as well as some of the uh, attachable technologies that give you feedback on how fast people are moving and looking at technique on how guys are moving, they give you some really good insight into how you can better prepare for, for each of the physical tests or just better prepare to be a football athlete physically. So we have a, you know, we've got a bunch of different systems that we use within OU that let us have a better look at how the athletes move and you know, one of the things that Coach Reed and I often talk about, a lot of good coaches can tell you that with their eyes. You know, they can actually look at an athlete, watch them move, and get that feel for it. But having that extra technology to sort of back up what you're, what you're looking at really does give you a bit more of a, a clear-cut yes or no when it comes to what you're thinking. So having, for example, watching a guy start on a 40 with a camera uh, system set up close to that, you can sort of, Tell it by watching yourself as a coach, but having that second layer of information provided from the, from the filming of it gives you some more concrete evidence as to how you can improve in areas. You, uh, It was awesome watching the piece they did on the new locker room and the new facilities, but Sam, for, for the entire staff, how excited are you to finally be able to get into that new facility and have, for lack of a better term, all those toys now at your disposal to really kind of help prepare guys? Yeah, I mean it's it's we're we're all very pumped up over here. We've been uh, been in the makeshift facilities for a bit over a year now, so we're very pumped to get in there and actually have the facilities. And you know, a lot of things that don't really change in our field when it comes to how you prepare athletes, but having a little bit better ways to assess uh, with the technology really does help. I think when it comes to just understanding what it is we need to work individually with athletes on. So I think that's a really big benefit that this new facility is going to have for us and. We're very excited to get in and start using those pieces of technology. So, I don't know how many young athletes are listening right now, but I think it's a fair point to bring up. Sam, they can they can work hard in the gym, they can work hard in practice, but it's not just it's a commitment more than anything else. And I don't know, maybe you can give us some perspective on not not like the inner conversations, but when you talk to scouts, whenever people come through, they want to know about that work ethic, right? It's more than just so, hey, yeah. wow, that guy ran a four five forty and and threw mm-hmm. up the the bench press. They want to know about a guy's attitude. They want to know about his commitment to the team. They they want to know a little bit of everything from his personality perspective, don't they? Oh, for sure. Their traits are one of the biggest things that scouts will talk about. What are his traits when it comes to his work ethic? What are his traits when it comes to how he prepares for football? I mean, uh, it, it's all well and good to go out there and physically blow the tests out of the water. But if you're a guy who's a little bit less resilient, you might, as scouts might sort of think, well, this guy might have injury prone issues where he's just not resilient in his training and doesn't commit to that. So, or, or just not preparing like a professional. So, you know, those things are, are definitely what scouts are looking at is this person someone who's going to train like a professional athlete day in day out come into the facility have a positive influence on their teams it's you know it's not just the physical for sure it's definitely a mental portion to it and the traits that you bring to that are are highly important when it comes to scouting so does the energy level get ratcheted up for you tomorrow sam do you guys get a little bit more fired up or do you have to kind of treat it as just another day (laughs) 
No, I, you know, it's always a great day. I mean, I, this is this will be my second one here at OU, so it's a it's a great day having those guys come back in, especially since they've been all, been away training from the facility, getting to see some of the seniors and uh, underclassmen who've come out early and get to see them put on their show for the NFL. I mean, that was a lot of guys who come through our program. Our our goal was for them to one come in and win us some championships and play some good football for OU, but two eventually uh, graduate from here and move on to the NFL. I mean. We're trying to run in a very elite program here, so that's the eventual goal. So when guys come back on those pro days, yeah, the energies, it's great because those guys are getting their chance to really to put on a show for these these scouts that come in and, and watch. Hey, a f- final quick thought. I just wanted to bring this up because you know we, we see it in some of the commercials now. People are talking more about recovery, and I think yes. it's one of the more compelling things to learn about because you always say, "Oh, you, you got to grind. You, you got to be up before everyone else. You got to stay up later." But we're learning a lot about recovery, aren't we? And the importance of rest more than anything else, right, Sam? Yes, for sure. I mean, that's. Uh, a lot of what I've done for research in my PhD is how the nervous system of an athlete and the immune system of an athlete recovers after extensive stress. So it's a, it's a very important thing. And it's one of those things that I think is, as more people learn about it, they understand the importance of, of two things. One, fitness, how you physically go about preparing yourself. If athletes, you know, some recent research will tell you that Athletes who miss time during the preseason usually end up missing more time during the in-season. So are they physically resilient enough to go through the demands of, uh, of a season? And the other thing is then once you're in the season, how do you make sure that as an athlete goes through their, their week-to-week schedule that they're performing at an optimal level? And a lot of the time, you know, it's, it, it can be just about finding what is required for that individual to make sure they're ready to perform at a high level. And then from Sam to a guy that went through many a test, trained quite a bit, Teddy Lehman, former University of Oklahoma All-American linebacker, Benerica Award winner, Butkus Award winner, all-around awesome guy. We asked Teddy for the one guy, the one thing, the one issue, the one performance that stood out to him from yesterday. Ooh, the number one thing. If I could only pick one thing, I would say that um, Joe Mixon had everyone kind of uh, stirring a little bit. The number one takeaway is Joe Mixon. Now, the interesting thing is uh, all he did is go out and do what I expected and what everyone around here that's watched him closely expected, right? But for the right. scouts and for people that haven't seen him in person, uh, you know, they've heard what they – you always hear what people are supposed to do, but if you've never seen it before and you show up and then you see it and it's like, wow, I think it had that type of effect on the scouts. All he did is perform the way we had. Like, I've been talking since, oh, I don't know, the end of the season that I think he's the best running back in the draft. I think he's better than Fournette. I think he's better than Cook. So, to me, all he did is go out and kind of back that up with his his – 40 and all the different things that he did but for some other people that maybe hadn't thought about him and for whatever reason had dismissed him maybe because of the video well I think they left with uh Joe Mixon making a big impression on him for then you obviously being a linebacker and we talked about this on the Sooner Sports TV uh, broadcast but to see Jordan Evans put up the speed numbers that he did Ted again I don't think that's much of a surprise he maybe got himself in the conversation in the late rounds, I hope, but what does he still need to do? What will he still need to prove to scouts from this point forward? 
Well, you know, the pro day is just a small portion of the evaluation process, right? You've got scouts that right. follow the team year long. Uh, that are at a bunch of different games. They're at practices. They're in and out of the uh, the film room watching film from the team all the time. And then you've got pro day. And then you've got you know the teams go back and dig into your film again. The coaching staff actually digs into it uh, on the scouts' request. And there's just a long evaluation process. The question with Evans is going to be why doesn't that speed translate onto the film all the time? There's been times where we see Jordan Evans show flashes of that that great speed out on the field, but there's also a lot of questions with his film. And, you know, that's going to be part of the process. But I do think that a team is going to say, look at these size, look at these measurables. We can get him in here, and, and this is how coaches think. We can, we can coach him how to play with great effort and play with good pad level all the time. So they always think that they can coach better than the last guy. So as long as you have the measurables, then you're, you're usually in a pretty good spot. He definitely has those. What, uh, for you personally, when you went through this pro day, Ted, and you see that take place like it did yesterday, what's changed? How different is what we watched in 2017 from when Teddy Lehman went through this in the early 2000s? Media, 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 media. <laughs> That's what's changed. You know, whenever I did it way back in the day in 2004, there was a ton of scouts there that day. There was, um, you know, the the coaches were there. There was a bunch of players there. But that was really it. Now, I want to say yesterday, I bet the media outnumbered the players, coaches, and scouts probably three to one. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, it's, it's everyone in the, in the entire area. I saw, you know, we had uh, myself, Tyler McComas were there from our station. James Hale was there from our station. And pretty much every other radio station in the sports talk radio station in the market had people there. Every television crew from every uh, major network had people there filming. There were, I mean, newspapers. It was Anyone and everyone, ESPN was there covering it. So, I mean, it was covered from a million different angles as far as the media is concerned. You want to talk about oversaturation, Plank, there you have it right there. Wow. Um, I I have heard that it was a number north, Ted, of 50 for the credentialed media. So when we're looking at 50 to maybe even 60 media – that's a that's a pretty wild number. That's just about everybody that works in the media in Oklahoma City and maybe a handful right. of Tulsa guys. I think basically everyone. But it, it shows you the interest that was basically taken from this pro day, and a lot of that focused on Joe. But then Didi had to run. Didi, now take us through what happened on his. He had a rolling start on his first forty. He had to run again on his second time. But did he do what he needed to do in the forty to stay in that day two conversation for uh, potentially being drafted? I think so. I mean, he went out and he ran a great forty. Some of his agility and change of uh, direction stuff wasn't very good, and unfortunately for him, and you know, he did. He, he was Tyler Tettleton threw to him and. I wasn't there for that. I bailed. You know, there's only so much I could stand. So I was finally out. But I heard Tyler Tettleton uh, threw the ball pretty good. But 
I mean, you you got a, a GA throwing the football to you at Pro Day, right? I mean, right. that's part of the reason why you show up to the Senior Bowl and to the Combines, because you got top talent arms throwing you the football. Well, he had Tyler Tettleton, which, you know, I heard he did good, but, I mean, that's just – that's kind of why you want to go do it at the Combine, right? So you get a top-level arm throwing you the football uh, that's been throwing recently, not a guy that's been a, an offensive GA. And nothing against mm-hmm. Tyler. Again, I heard he did fine, but I mean that's why you that's why you go catch balls at the combine. But um, he ran fine. He and with it is it's really the same with both guys. With Joe, it's not about the he's a first round running back, without a doubt. Okay, he's a first round talent, and I don't know anyone that would tell you anything differently. But we don't know if he's going to get drafted. My mm-hmm. gut tells me he will. I don't think he'll get drafted past the third round, but we don't know. You know, these coaches and the scouts, they're not the one that's going to be making the decision. It's the owner, right? The, the coaches and scouts, everyone else is going to make their money. The owner's the one that's going to see the bottom line fall out if he gets a big pushback and fall out from his fan bases and other fan bases. He's the one that loses money. No one else does. So the owner has to sign off on it. We just don't know how many owners have said, nope, we're not doing it. On to the next guy. I understand he's a great talent. Take him off the draft board. We just don't know. Do, and, you know, we heard do, that, that D.D. Westbrook, there was 10 or 12 teams that said he's undraftable. Do you read I, – I I, listen, we're going to have to go a little bit long here, Josh. Do you read in too much with the Vikings having both their coach and GM there whenever it came to the mix-in conversation? Is that something we can read into a little bit? I think so. You know, there's a couple of teams across the country that you feel like because of uh, their media market, because of the following that they have, that they're not going to get near the pushback of some other teams. And Minnesota, to me, is one of those teams. Minnesota, I think Green Bay, I think uh, New England Patriots, because everything uh, Bill Belichick has reached the level of supreme being that anything he does can't be questioned. Uh, there's, and, you know, some of the other media markets, they're all too big. And I think they'd get hammered a little bit. But think about Minnesota. Adrian Peterson was in Minnesota and had the child abuse charges, which was horrific. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know he had the suspension. It wasn't really a suspension. He, you know, he was on the, whatever the commissioner's exemplus. He got paid for an entire year. But, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of pushback on that deal. So I feel like Mixon in Minnesota may be a place where, you know, not that they just say it's okay, but where they feel like they may be able to get by with it without a massive amount of fallout. By the way, it's funny that you mentioned the Patriots because it looks like they're on the verge of getting Brandon Cooks from Malcolm Butler. Your boy does it again uh, with an amazing deal involving the Saints and the Patriots after they signed Stephen Gilmore from Buffalo this morning. All right, take us through, Ted. What's next for these guys? They've had uh, the combine for some. They've had the pro day. What's next? What's next is you'll have individual teams. Uh, It's usually like um, offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators will come into Oklahoma for an individual workout. So maybe there's a, a linebacker coach or a, or a defensive coordinator that wants to come in and take a look at Jordan Wade and Jordan Evans, and he'll put them through some drills individually, just about 10 or 15 
maybe 20 minutes worth of drills. You'll have some stuff like that, and then you'll have visits. Team will, teams will bring you in to take a visit to their facility. They'll show you around. They'll get you in uh, some one-on-one meetings and talk more football. Like, they've already gone through all the, the kind of character evaluation with the whenever they bring in the former FBI guys and they sit you down in a room with a bunch of people. That's kind of character type stuff. Now they're going to bring you into the facility and kind of get you up on the chalkboard and go through some football stuff. So there you have it. Another action-packed, fun-filled edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to tune in on Monday whenever we go in-depth on what will be a busy week for softball and for baseball. Obviously, baseball home this weekend. As we've been recording this episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast, we've had a few changes to the baseball schedule for the weekend. The Sooners, here's how it looks now this weekend for OU. They're playing tonight. I'm on the call tonight. As a matter of fact, depending on when you download this, uh, Jake Irvin will take on Alec Tui tonight at 7 o'clock as the Sooners take on Buffalo. Then Oklahoma will play two games on Friday at 3 and 6.30 and just one game on Saturday. Same for Sooner softball with concerns over the weather and some rain that are that is potentially moving in. The Sooner softball team will now play two games on Friday as well, too, 3.30 and 6. And then they'll play one game on Saturday and one game on Sunday. Busy weekend in Sooner Athletics. Hope you enjoy it all. Thanks for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. And until the Monday morning refresher, everyone have a great and safe weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.